Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Talking Trauma. I'm Juanita Delaway and I'm going to be your guide on this journey of education, a little bit of controversy, healing and growth. And I just want to take a moment to say thank you to each and every one of you who's joined me on this journey. Your support, your curiosity and your courage to show up has really, really inspired me to carry on sharing my story. And on this podcast, I want to explore the real life effects of trauma on our lives, on our careers, on our home lives, on our friendships and our intimate relationships. And, you know, even financial relationships. So what is Talking Trauma all about? Well, this podcast is here to educate you, inform and to challenge some of the current way of thinking about mental health. I'll delve deep into the tough stuff and nothing is off limits. I'll be as honest as I can whilst being compassionate to those people that are responsible for the trauma that I experienced in my life. And I just want to say I can only do that, have compassion, because I have healed so many of my own deep childhood wounds and I understand that trauma is passed on at least seven generations. And I'll talk to you about that in a later episode. And I really believe that it's important to remember that the old adage of damaged people damage people is really true because if you don't heal your own trauma and you have children, you then pass that on to the next generation. So my goal is to truly inspire you and to give you hope and empower you by bringing awareness to those far-reaching consequences of emotional trauma that quite often people don't really talk about or don't want to talk about. And I want to explain to you some of the behaviours and the responses you might have that you might just think, oh, that's just the way I am. They might actually be a trauma response. And I'll talk a bit more about trauma responses in a later episode, but it's just as a marker to get you to think about why you've got these behaviours, where did they come from? Because so many things we are not born with, you know, we're not born with a lack of self-esteem. We're born with this amazing confidence that we know we're going to be looked after. So it's only if our needs are not met and we're not looked after, we're not cared for, we're not loved, that we then start to develop adaptive behaviours or maladaptive behaviours to get our needs met. My goal is to be honest and to give you alternatives to the accepted version of what causes mental health issues such as anxiety and depression and to explore ways of healing that are not currently considered mainstream but in my opinion they really should be and for those of us that work in this field of trauma it's like the biggest best kept secret and I really want it to be out there and I'll be talking about what childhood trauma and narcissistic abuse, particularly when it comes from your mother, how it affects our brains, our nervous system, and the impact that it has on our lives. And this bit I really want to get out there. I will not be giving any trigger warnings on any of these podcasts. I will tell you what the podcast is about, but I won't be giving you trigger warnings. I know it's a popular thing to do, 
but I have a very, very different view on what triggers can actually teach us. The title of this podcast, Talking Trauma, is warning enough that what we will cover might for some people be too upsetting. And you know, if you are triggered by what I say, then that's a signal to you that you've got a childhood wound that is being poked at by the words that I'm using. And I'm of the opinion, if we expect to be in a world where people will avoid words or topics that cause us emotional pain, we will constantly be in our fight or flight response. We'll constantly be on our guard. And that really isn't a healthy place to be. And, you know, we know now that there's so much research about being in our fight or flight response and and the hormones that it produces and how it affects our inflammatory responses. And it's also not a place of autonomy. It's not a place of control because you expect other people to control your emotions. So stick with me and we'll find out some ways that you can help yourself to recognize your triggers and to not be blindsided by them. So on that note, I just want to say that if you're listening to this and wonder how Juanita can be so tough, so harsh, it's not harsh. I know those deep wounds get triggered and I know the consequences of them blindsiding you. I have lost jobs because I've been labelled as too emotional. Because something in my job, in my work, has triggered an old wound and I'd, without knowing it, gone into my fight or flight response. So I was defensive or I walked away. But I've gone and looked at what caused my triggers. What's sitting underneath? What's the root cause of why when somebody says something or, in my case, when somebody shouts, raises their voice, I got triggered because we weren't born like that. And I've understood why they're there and I've healed the wound that sits beneath them. And I know from my own journey that that level of healing is truly possible. Now you might also be wondering why I'm doing this, why I'm telling my story, why I'm being controversial and putting myself out there. Well, you know, it stems from my own journey I grew up in a dysfunctional family with a narcissistic and unloving mother and a physically aggressive father. And I didn't really talk about what had happened in my family for a long time. And that for a couple of reasons. I thought my mother didn't love me or praise me because I was born fundamentally a bad person. I truly believed that in my bones. I believed I was a nasty person and she only reinforced that with her treatment of me. And I actually thought it was normal. I thought the chaos, the arguments, the aggression was all normal. But equally, I felt ashamed of my family. And in some instances, if I'm really honest, I still do. So years after starting therapy, years thinking all that time it was my fault I was the bad one I was born bad I actually told the real things that had happened to me I told my therapist how I'd been hit by my father the awful things my mother had said to me the lack of love and the jealousy from my mother towards me I've always been somebody that wanted to know why 
And I know as a kid, we often go, yeah, but why? Why have I got to go to bed at this time? Why have I got to do that? Why have I got to do housework? But I continuously ask why. And even after all of these events that happened to me, it was my inner resilience that gave me the courage and the determination to keep trying to find the answer. Why was I feeling like this? Why did I respond the way that I did? Why did I get triggered and always feel like people were attacking me? Why did I get scared when somebody raised their voice? Why did my mother not like me? So I was always looking for that root cause of my own behavior and my own negative thinking and self-criticism. And by the way, if you're thinking you don't have resilience because you're feeling overwhelmed or lost at the moment, and I know it's a really big thing out there at the moment on social media, and there's courses in resilience and there's books on resilience. I just want to reassure you that even in my darkest days of depression and suicidal thoughts, there was always a glimmer of hope. And I know that sometimes it's really hard to hang on to that little bit of hope. So just let me give you a bit of support and know that healing is possible. Feeling different to how you're feeling at the moment, it really is possible. So hang on in there and hopefully you can take some inspiration from this podcast. So I started to talk with my therapist about relationships that I'd been in and things that I'd gone through, traumatic events. And I talked a lot about the long-term partner that I was in, that I bought my first house with, and how he used to get angry. And he would smash up the house, and he threatened to kill my dog. And I thought all of this was normal, because I believed I was a bad person. So to me, it was it was normal, because I was a bad person. I didn't think these things consciously, but... It was this subconscious talk, self-talk. And she said, you know, Juanita, she said, that's domestic abuse. And I said, no, don't be silly. You know, he, we, yes, we do have fights, but um, he's rarely just hit me. And I said, it's, it's just normal, isn't it? You know, it's, it's what I grew up with. And she said, no, Juanita, you were in an abusive relationship. It was an emotionally abusive relationship. And it did take her quite a few sessions to get me to understand and to admit to myself that this 11-year relationship, even though I knew it wasn't happy and I wasn't happy, and of course that's why I left it, but it took her a long time to convince me that this was was domestic abuse. And also that I, even though I was capable of protecting myself, I had been frightened when he would punch holes in the doors and threaten to kill my dog. And when she actually got me to understand that this was an emotionally abusive relationship, this was an abusive relationship, she was the first person, the first therapist. And boy, let me tell you, there has been so many therapists up till now, up till that point in my life. But she was the first therapist to actually say this that I was in this emotionally abusive relationship. Nobody else had ever said that before. And it gave me an external reason as to why I was feeling like I was feeling, because other people were doing things to me. And of course, I had to protect myself 
physically and emotionally. And the way that I was reacting, the way that my nervous system was reacting on my behalf was because of what I'd gone through as a child and then when I went into this relationship straight from home. This is this was my nervous system reacting. And going into fight or flight, you know, when you get triggered by something and it pushes you into a fight and flight response, that's exactly what my body was doing. That's exactly what my nervous system was doing. But I didn't understand that. And it was this kind of pivotal moment that things started to change internally for me things started to change with my thinking and I started to understand that actually I was not a bad person I started to understand things about myself I'd never understood my subconscious what my subconscious thoughts were what my subconscious beliefs were and how I could start to undo those myself and the journey led me on to understanding how childhood trauma affects our brains, our nervous systems, our responses to things, your behaviours, how it was affecting my behaviours. And it was when I started to really understand and put the pieces together that I was able to start healing my deep wounds. And they are deep wounds and some of us just keep them hidden. Some of us don't want to look inside the box and some of us just don't know that they're there. And when they start to bleed because we've been triggered, we still don't understand how deep they are. And don't let anybody tell you, just get over it. I cannot tell you the amount of times that people have told that to me and said it to me, even members of my own family, oh, isn't it time to just get over it? And then, of course, that reinforces that you think there's something wrong with you because you can't just get over it. But trust me, you can't just get over it because if somebody was able to say those magic words to you, just get over it, we wouldn't need people like myself We wouldn't need counsellors, we wouldn't need psychiatrists, we wouldn't need anybody else helping us. We could just say those magic words and it would be, hey, it's all okay now. So this period of really deep healing and deep change came because I was let go from a corporate job that I'd been in for a little while. And I'd been in that industry, in the IT healthcare industry working alongside the NHS and working in clinical computer systems, working across Europe, across Britain. It came as a time when that period of my life was ending because I, I was let go from this job and I, I was thinking, do I really want to do this? Do I want to keep doing this, working in these companies that are great fun to meet people and they're very, very lucrative, but are they giving me what what my heart really wants to do and I came to the decision that no I I didn't want to continue full-time in that industry so I trained as a hypnotherapist and and that's when I started on this journey of 
really deeper healing for myself, understanding trauma, training as a narcissistic abuse specialist. And the reason I did that is because I started to understand that my mother had narcissistic traits and it wasn't because there was something wrong with me that she didn't love me. It's because she couldn't love me. So all of this started to kind of escalate at a really, really quick pace. I was learning all this about myself. I was learning all this about trauma, narcissism, nervous system response, polyvagal theory. And so it kind of, it's like the last five years really have been an immense learning curve, both professionally, personally. It's also a time when I started to understand that the general public don't understand the direct correlation between childhood traumas, parental narcissistic abuse, and their current negative unwanted adult behaviours. And also mental health professionals don't understand. They're not trauma-informed. And the profession, in my humble opinion, is not trauma-informed. So I trained as a counsellor and I was never taught about how there's a direct correlation between trauma, changes in the brain, changes in the nervous system and how that then affects you. I wasn't taught that, so I could never pass that on to any of my clients. I understand it now and I've and I've taken training in um, I'm trauma-informed and I, I understand polyvagal theory. So it kind of occurred to me that This isn't out there as much as it should be. And it is getting out there now. There's a huge amount of work being done on it. But there still wasn't this reflection of me, reflection of actually, I want to understand what other women went through, what they feel about themselves, and to have those feelings that you get as the result of being a daughter of an unloving mother. What it means to you? How does it feel? What does it do to you? And I wanted to see that. I wanted to hear that and see that from somebody else that had made those really deep changes to themselves despite having gone through what they've gone through. And it wasn't readily available to me and it still isn't readily available to me, hence why I'm creating this podcast. I also wanted to see the truth. And what I mean by that is the truth from women like myself being the daughters of mothers who treated them unkindly. What it actually means for you as a daughter of a narcissistic mother as a daughter of a mother that doesn't love you and in my healing and my search to prove to myself that it wasn't me it wasn't my fault and that doesn't mean I blame it just means that I wanted to see that it I wasn't a bad person I wasn't a horrible daughter and what I needed I needed to see other women saying this societal image we have of mothers is just not reality for a lot of women. It's just not reality that every mother loves you, every mother wants to support you, every mother wants the best for you. That's not reality. That certainly wasn't my reality. And I wanted to see 
the impact of that, because I know that my mother not loving me, her narcissistic traits has had an impact on my life throughout my life. And I wanted to see that in other people in order to make myself okay to say to myself, well, hang on a minute, there are other women like me. There are other women that have had mothers like this. And I'm not alone in this. It isn't just me that this has happened to. And it's also, I also wanted to see, and I want to see, which is again is why I'm doing this podcast. I want to show that it's us as daughters of narcissistic mothers that get the finger pointed at us. We are the ones that get told, oh, it's your head stuff, or there's something wrong with you, or we end up in therapy. We end up paying thousands of pounds in therapy. Um, We're the ones that have suicidal thinking. We're the ones that end up with huge people-pleasing parts of us that then lead on to destructive relationships. I want to talk up for those daughters I want to talk up for the daughters of unloving, narcissistic, emotionally abusive, abusive mothers that get the finger pointed at them. You know, when I said, well, I haven't seen my mother for, well, it's 20 something years now. Oh, she's your mother. Oh, you really should get in contact with her. That's the response that we get. And without knowing what went on between my mother and I, what's gone on between other women and their mothers, people still say that, like being a mother, giving birth, somehow gives you this wonderful, you are a wonderful being, you can do no wrong. And that is so not the truth. And I want to speak up very compassionately for those daughters of those mothers that did not give them what they needed, did not meet their needs when they were children. So throughout my life, I've had some real pivotal moments that have shaped my journey and not all of them have been pleasant. And in fact, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now if I hadn't gone through everything I did and particularly the events as a child. You know, both my parents had their own trauma, which contributed to how they treated their children You know, my father didn't see me until I was six months old because he was away taking drugs. And then my mother would weaponize those words in a way that would make it out to be just my father's fault that all this was happening. And, you know, he wasn't the best father. I have physical scars on my face to prove he wasn't the best father. But he did love me. But even knowing and speaking about the things that had happened to me, I honestly had not drawn the conclusion, the direct line between those events and what was happening to me as an adult. I still hadn't put the pieces together. I really think it's important that I give my take on this. I'll just digress for a minute. And it's to give you a sense of where I'm coming from. This podcast isn't about bashing narcissistic unloving mothers or aggressive fathers and some of you right now might be feeling anger hatred all other negative feelings towards your mother I know I certainly did when I realized that my mother didn't love me when I realized that she had these narcissistic traits that had impacted my childhood and realizing she would never change because 
narcissists never change. They won't ever accept that they've done something wrong. So accepting that and understanding that, gosh, I felt so much anger. And I also felt a loss for the little girl, my little girl, that didn't get her needs met. And it's, it's almost like a grief that, oh, I never would have got my needs met and it wasn't my fault. And I want to say this because I now feel compassion towards her and because I know they, they both suffered their own trauma. But you know what? Abuse is still abuse. And that's what they both did. So there's no excusing it. There's no putting it underneath the carpet. It's what they did. And I live with the impact of it. And But I've had to dig really deep, really deep, and look at my own wounds and to comfort their little girl that didn't get her needs met and heal those wounds caused by a lack of love and cruelty at times from my mother. It wasn't just my father that was cruel. So I really want to honour where you are right now and how you feel about the person that caused you the pain. You feel what you feel and there is no judgment. There is no judgment directed at you and there's no, you should be feeling like this. You feel the way that you feel. I have some clients who really don't like their mothers, hate their mothers. And I also have clients that still want connection with their mothers and still want to find a way of keeping some kind of connection with them but having their own boundaries. So everybody is in a different place and there's no judgment. And I don't have contact with my mother and it's coming up 20 years now that I don't have contact and that's what works for me. But that might not work for you and it certainly doesn't work for a lot of my clients. So I just want to tell you a little bit more about some of my experiences so you, that you get the kind of idea where I'm coming from and what happened to me. And it might not be the same in fact, it won't be the same as what you went through and we won't have made the same beliefs about ourselves. But it gives you an idea of what I went through and what I'm now am able to do and what I'm now able to believe about myself. So I have two older brothers, the eldest one being the golden child, so never got into trouble. And if he did do something wrong, rarely got punished for it. And the other brother, I was always getting into trouble with him. And my mother would have a way of manipulating my father to beat my younger brother and I for things that probably were just being naughty and yes I did argue with my mother I was the only girl and of course I got treated differently and I did occasionally swear at my mother and if that happened then I would get severely punished and on one occasion I did swear at my mother at the dinner table and I got up from the dinner table and my father I think I was maybe between 10 and 11 my father threw a tin at me. It was um, an old-fashioned tobacco tin that was really packed tightly with tobacco and he threw it at me and it split my face open. I still wear the scar today. It split my face open and blood poured down my face and I was in shock. I just stood there. 
Um, I didn't even cry because I was so shocked. And my mother sat at the table and did nothing. And my father um, told me to bleed and then called me a bitch. And, you know, as with many manipulative people, my mother would use triangulation and also creating chaos, creating divisions in the family so that there were, she could manipulate people. And I certainly haven't talked about it um, yet, but it, but I honestly believe that my father was codependent with my mother and that's why my mother was able to manipulate him. And, you know, there were many times that my mother would blame my father because of his aggression. And whilst he was physically aggressive when he would get angry... She was by far the most emotionally damaging parent as she showed me no emotional support. And I was such an unhappy teenager. I attempted suicide. And not only did my mother not visit me in hospital, when I came out of hospital and got back home, she called me a bitch and said it should have been her. As the only girl in the family, I would be on the receiving end of my mother's jealousy and derision. You know... Most mothers would want the best for their little girl. My mother made everything about being a girl something to be ashamed of. Constant accusations that if I had boy friends, friends that were boys, in her words, I would end up becoming a prostitute. And she drew a line between me having boyfriends to ending up as, in her words, a prostitute. So those are some of the things that happened to me as a child. And I want to share more of those events that have shaped me and have led me here with you so that you can see, despite what I went through, I have healed so many of my wounds. So I am really passionate about breaking that stigma for daughters who have suffered as the result of having a narcissistic mother and in my case, a physically abusive father. I actually want to say it like it is, not dress it up in counselling or therapy speak or avoid the subject. I want to tell you like it is. And I hope that by me telling you and by me saying it, how I experienced it, that it gives you the courage to go and seek help yourself. So doing this podcast, starting this podcast, looking at all the subjects that I'd like to talk to you about, like to tell you about. It has been a real journey in itself. And the biggest challenge hasn't been recording it. It hasn't been the tech. It's been overcoming my own internal fear, my fear of verbal attack. And whilst I'm not in contact with my mother and my father is dead, there are still a few members of my family that already last year have been what we call in the trade flying monkeys and I'll explain a lot more as we go along in these podcasts about these words if you don't already know about them but it's basically somebody that defends the narcissist or defends the protagonist and these people contacted me last year in defense of my mother and said some really quite hurtful things So that really challenged my own deep wounds and brought up a lot more things for me. So I knew that there was still 
wounds that I needed to work on. And it's a signal to me to go and get more help from my own trauma coach. To enable me to continue to do this broadcast, I had to look at why was I so fearful? Why did their words bring up these deep wounds? And if you've never heard of brain spotting, truly, I'm a practitioner myself, so I use it a lot with my clients. And it's really, really brilliant at allowing you to release trauma, trauma that's not already been processed. And it's, it's so powerful. So I've had my own brain spotting sessions and that's allowed me to process the trauma that this contact from other people had, had brought up old wounds. So just by doing this podcast has also helped me to heal. And I take every opportunity I can to heal because I don't want to be in this world and be triggered by things and not understand what's gone on. So whenever these things come up for me, I think, okay, let's get, let's just go and fix it. As painful as it is, I know a lot of people don't have that courage or that bravery to want to open the box. And I really, really want to get that over is that not everybody wants to open the box. I want to be that person that you look at and go, oh, wow, if Juanita can do it, I can do it. It hasn't been easy or quick, but I can honestly tell you that I have healed so many of my own wounds that caused the trigger, that caused parts of me to come up, that negative thinking. And I've built up my own self-esteem. I'm in a wonderful intimate relationship and I've created this amazing business helping women like myself and like you overcome and heal from those really far-reaching consequences of narcissistic abuse and trauma. So to the future of this podcast, I want to give you an insight into the real effects of emotional trauma. I'll tell you some more of my story to give you hope that you too can heal from childhood wounds and not only heal, but thrive despite not having your needs met as a child. And together on Talking Trauma, we'll delve into a multitude of topics and we'll explore the impacts of childhood trauma and some that you might not have even realised. We'll navigate the complexities of maternal narcissistic abuse, dive into the effects on our love lives, on our careers, our home lives, intimate relationships, and something that I know so well, and that's developing and maintaining female-to-female relationships. So join me as we engage in some really enlightening conversations, and I will invite some remarkable guests, and I'm hoping to create a really supportive community of healing and growth. So before I wrap up this very first episode of Talking Trauma, I just want to let you know that there is always hope. There's always hope of healing from a traumatic past, even if it doesn't seem like it right now. And I want to say another heartfelt thank you to all of you embarking on this journey, your courage and your presence and your support and your openness to explore these tough topics. 
So stay connected to me, hit the subscribe, follow or like button, and I'll see you on the next episode of Talking Trauma. Until then, just remember that there is always hope for healing and you're not on your own.